you're listening to Going Places. I'm your host, Kara Orbell. I initially started this podcast to learn more about the ins and outs of travel. Eventually, I discovered there's so much more to a person than where they go. My goal is to learn more from people who are going places. I've interviewed community leaders, entrepreneurs, veterans, authors, and experts who tell fascinating stories and give amazing advice. Thanks for tuning in, and I can't wait to see where you go. You're listening to Going Places. I'm your host, Kara Orbell, and today I'm talking to David Hennessy. He was on the show before, but if you did not see that episode, David Hennessy is the founder of The Wonder Technique, which is a holistic wellness program, and he is just an amazing human being. We talked a lot last time about his journey and how he created resilience and growth within himself and how he teaches others to find holistic wellness within themselves as well. So this episode is really tailored toward finding your purpose. And I'm just so excited to talk to you again. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, I was excited about coming back on the show because <laughs> we had such a great conversation last time. And I welcome back anybody who's listening for the second time or for the first time. I'm hoping they're going to enjoy today's conversation too and give as much value as I can to the table. Awesome. Well, to start, do you mind just giving us an update on how you've been doing? Oh, you know what? Actually, this is really interesting. Just before we started recording, I've been working on taking a step back in my own life to evaluate things. Um, I'm also known for in fact, probably not known for kind of in a way, I'm not very active on social media by intention. I give more of my time to stuff outside of that because I've always found it takes so much energy and I don't like working with the algorithm. I like working with people. And I know social media is really based upon the algorithm. You have to feed the algorithm, which is simply a program to do what it wants you to do. And if you don't follow its guidelines, you don't get where you want to go. And then a lot of times you don't get in front of the people that you want to be in front of unless the algorithm wants it. So in that way, why that's in my mind mentioning this is that I've been looking at how do I, how can I best serve people? And I've realized again and again that I'm very grateful for the opportunity like today, Cara, to be with you on a podcast because that gives me the opportunity to share. And I believe that the right people will hear what I have to share as against me trying to convince a machine that I have something of value to share because great people don't get past the algorithm. You know, I've seen stuff on, we won't name it, social media where you'll see a couple of hundred, if you're lucky, views of something that is really, really solid, valuable information. Mm -hmm. And that's disappointing. So I think you have to kind of take a different perspective and believe that what you're doing has a purpose which is part of what we're going to talk about today. And it will grow as it's meant to grow, kind of like when you throw a pebble in water and it spreads out and it touches some people, but not everybody. Hmm. Very interesting. So when you're having this thought process of humans versus the algorithm, what, what conclusion did you come to in terms of what, what, what you want to do with that? I'm not interested in the algorithm at all. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I, and, and I actually, in my mind, if there's anybody listening that programs stuff, I would love to see, this is really a sidebar, a social media network where the number of views is only available to the person who's running it like yourself. And, and so there's not, people are not evaluating it based upon the number of views, but based upon the quality 
mm-hmm. of what the material they're getting. And they could choose, I want to share it with a friend, but nobody knows how many times it's been shared. Nobody knows mm-hmm. the number of views, because as you probably know, you can spike that. You can buy views. The, yeah. the whole system is not pure. And I, of course, I'm probably annoying people that are out there, but you know, there's different documentaries out there, like The Social Dilemma, that so shows that there's something going on that we need to be aware of. And that would boil down as well to when we're learning information, we need to evaluate, okay, what David just shared, is that really good information? Let me think about it. Let me question it. And I encourage people to question it. If I offend somebody listening, that actually may be good because I'm making them kind of go, okay, no, I don't agree with that. And that's okay. Mm. But when we're looking at things that are not uh, the same way in terms of, you know, oh, I, I think this is great because there's 100,000 people have watched it, but not necessarily so. So my, my to answer your question again is I've stepped more away from okay. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, if people look, I'm not on Facebook, I'm not on Instagram. I am on LinkedIn, but even not as much as I used to be because I find that it has, it has evolved in the sense that uh, the same information is not getting the same response from even people that I watch, like I'm wondering why, why is nobody watching their stuff anymore? I don't know what's going on. So I'm not going to run my life by a program. I want to run my life. What's coming from my heart. I like that a lot. I think that's a really good pivot point into finding one's purpose because Mm -hmm. you mentioned a lot, how you want to find connection instead of the algorithm and how, how you should connect with people and have a purpose with connecting with people instead of finding the algorithm. So how, before we define what basically what one's purpose is, how do you find purpose in the connection with others in a, in a authentic way? How do I find connection with others? Or yeah. Or how, how, how do does I that help impact people find purpose? Their, okay. Wow. I think that the it's a great question, <laughs> really good question. I'm thinking about here is that in the sense that if you, if I'm looking to help people find their purpose, I'm, listening and kind of dropping some questions to get them to think about the history of their life. Mm. Because really, in fact, something that just came up recently, and it's quite interesting for me, is that um, when I was going through university in psychology, I touched on many different types of psychological analysis and so forth, and just kind of the surface kind of stuff. But recently, a good friend of mine pointed me in the direction of something called transactional analysis, which was written about in a book, I'm okay, you're okay in the 60s. And you think, wow, that's old. But then I'm thinking, well, in fact, the concept is not that old. It's very applicable nowadays. And it's on the basis that to help people find their purpose, their guidance in their life, you need to understand who you are, where you're coming from, where your influences are. And in transactional analysis, they have an, an acronym, it's kind of a PAC, which is parent, adult, child. Parent is not your physical parent, but the information that you've learned from your parents. Number two is adult, which is really the logical reasoning part of us when we look and analyze and say, is that good for me? Is not good for me? Okay, I'll use it or I won't. And then the child is the emotional influence that we have, a response that we have to situations that were based upon things that could have happened dozens and dozens of years ago. But once we can recognize this, now I'm no expert on transactional analysis, but once we can recognize I'm reacting emotionally to this, that's that part of my psychology. Now, is that the way I want to respond? Okay. Is it, and then if it's the parenting side, I'm, you know, if I'm telling other people what to do, but this is actually someone else's rule that I'm 
giving to them mm-hmm. is this the you know where am i in my top process so this all boils down to and no disrespect to transactional analysis no, no intention because i'm just touching the surface here mm-hmm. is that to really recognize in our own lives what are we doing with our lives is it what we want to do or is it because of our influences around us And in fact, in the program, how to find and follow your purpose that I created, I, I actually, this is amazing. I didn't really know much about transactional analysis because I really just, I'm reading this great book on it by the original person. And I, I talk about this in here, which to me is another level of understanding where in fact, all the knowledge that we have in the world comes from many, many different sources. And sometimes we pick up the answers on our way and we don't know exactly why, but they still make sense. So when I put together the program on purpose, it intuitively made sense to me. And now afterwards I'm finding information, like I didn't talk about parent, adult, child, transaction analysis, but I'm saying, but that actual process makes sense because I share with people, Cara, the idea of looking back into your childhood and finding out what did you really love to do without being told you have to do it like what was it so we can get deeper into that because there's for those people listening i create i love creating acronyms to help me remember things it's really for my memory to keep my memory together but it can also be very helpful for people to actually remember stuff so if they're listening making notes it'll be easier if i give them some words and then break down the words so I like that a lot. I think that's such a good point. And part of the reason why we're doing this part two interview is because I turned 21 um, on Saturday. And so I think that's such a huge connection to my transition from, I guess, childhood turning 21 to adulthood and also creating a life that may not be from the influences, but from who you actually authentically are, like creating a purpose. That's really powerful stuff. I'm so excited to dive into all that you do. But before we do that, I want to talk about your own purpose and how you've discovered your own purpose. Well, in fact, it's very similar to what I'm referring to. Over time, I kind of stumbled into my purpose a little bit because the wonder technique itself, which I created 20 years ago, almost 21 years ago, and your birthday is 21. So it's amazing. It's very close to that, Mm -hmm. is where I started to put together information that I felt would be of value to people based upon a prior experience when my mom was quite ill. And I realized at that point in time, I had the capacity, and there's probably other people with this capacity too, well, there sure is a lot of people with other capacity too, where I could take the complicated and make it simple. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I'm good at. And I had to acknowledge that. Like, you know, some people say, I'm not good at stuff. I think it's really important that we acknowledge everybody has talents, but not all the same talents. Mm -hmm. And when you can recognize, hey, I'm pretty good at that. And when I put together the wonder technique and I started to think about things over time, I realized, Cara, that when I was a young, young boy, I loved learning about things and taking things apart to understand them better. Everything from toys to electrical lamps, because I wanted to know how things worked, but in the simplest way possible. So I can see the thread in my own life as to why I'm at where I'm doing things right now. And that's just because I don't want to dominate the whole thing about myself. But that's something I will encourage people is you can look back and you can identify there's certain things that you did in your life. And they can guide you as to what you're doing. Things that came from inside of you. Nobody told me to be curious but I was always very curious and I still am. So I've never lost that. You know, the, 
So it's never gone away. I'm always still wanting to learn and I'm willing to, as best I can, reevaluate myself. When I went through psychology in university, I had a professor um, in a high level course who was talking about inside our minds, we have what he called the me and the I. Just think of it as two concepts. And where the I is where you are at this moment, pardon me, the me is where you are at this moment in time, but the I is constantly demolishing the me and rebuilding it in a new way. Like they're, they're, they're spiraling together. Like you've got an idea and then the I is saying, let's reevaluate that. And maybe you'll end up with the same idea again, or maybe you'll lose it and you will evolve. And I think it's really important for me. I'm not saying it for all the listeners, but it's important for me to recognize that all I know may not be correct. I'm in a constant process of learning. So no matter what age I am, I need to be able to say, I'm open to learning. And you know what? Lately, um, without sharing too much information, because some of it's personal, I've learned a huge amount of things from other people. And that's because I'm still open to learning. And I think that's really important. It reevaluating. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. That's really important. So let's dive into this. This is it a class? I don't know what to call it for your, <laughs> for your training. Yeah, it's a mini course is what I like to mini call course. it because if you if you're on the Wonder Technique website and for people to know that again, oh gosh, what is this program all about? I have ten courses right now, ten mini courses. If you don't mind me mentioning, people get access to it and they pay. It's the equivalent of about ten dollars uh, a month. They have access to everything. So if they decide to take all ten courses in one month, they just pay ten. That's all. That's it. But you have, it's a monthly membership fee, but they have access to all the courses. And each course, like the one on purpose, has a video, has a lot of audio, and has a workbook. So there's different levels of tools because everybody learns in a different way. And a lot of people like to re-listen and listen. So you can go back and take, like if you stay a member, you can go back and take it as many times, which is a good idea. And then people, as they take more of the courses, because there's other courses on how to, you know, sleep well and wake up energized, how to improve your focus and concentration, they will see the cross-pollination between some of these ideas as to why when, you know, when you're looking for to figure out about your purpose, you need to make sure that you're in a certain state of mind, not in a point of exhaustion, not in a Mm. point of memory that, you know, you're just burnt out. It's not the ideal time to evaluate what you're going to do with your life. You can think a little bit about it, but it's better to kind of do it. So with the mini course itself, the first thing I mentioned to people is you're going to make an agreement with yourself. And I use the word pact, which is P-A-C-T. And pact comes from the four words, purpose, avoidance, commitment, and tools. So if anybody's listening, they can write down, you know, purpose. We're going to talk about finding your purpose. A is avoidance, things you need to actually avoid when you're considering your purpose. C is commitment, the things that you need to commit to. And then T is the tools that will help you work through that process. So when I can... Depending on, I mean, how many you want, like the word purpose is, you know, it's a few letters. So uh, we got six, seven letters here. So I can give you a couple of examples of the, of what those characteristics are. They're all really questions, Cara, that we need to ask ourselves. Okay. I like that. That's amazing. And I think, I think it's cool that you have in your mini courses, a different tool for different learners. And that's, that's really interesting. So let's dive in because you have purpose, avoidance. Oh, let's see. I can't remember. Commitment. <laughs> Commitment. That's okay. Commitments and tools. So yes. 
when someone comes to you and they say, oh, what is my purpose? Where do you start from the beginning? Well, the first thing I will say to them is like the first is letter P is perpetual dreams, as I like to call it. It's like, what do you like to dream about? Like, you know, what, what really gets you going? You know, what, and this can be anything. It, people can dream about houses. People can dream about relationships. They can dream about traveling. They can dream about an activity they love. It could be hiking, yoga. What, what really you're obsessed with, a positive obsession. What is it you love and you like to spend time working on? That's a clue as to what really is part of your life that's important to you. And usually that's something that's from yourself. But then you have to ask that question again. Is that coming from me or is that coming from somebody else? So if my is one of my parents or somebody close to me, are they working as a doctor? Is that the reason why I want to be a doctor? So then you have to think, well, okay, maybe that's why. But then you start to ask yourself more questions. Like the second question is unrestricted by time. You know, I built that because it matches with the word you, but you know, you're honest, you know, you're, you've got no boundary in time. When you get involved in this process, say it's a creative activity, you lose track of time in a sense. You don't look at your watch because you love it so much. Mm-hmm. This is really important. Mm-hmm. If you're excited about something, it's like leaping out of bed in the morning, as I mentioned to people for their, you know, whatever physical exercise they like to do to keep themselves healthy. Are you really excited about doing that activity? You know, I know people that are very passionate about jujitsu and they could, they'd love to do jujitsu. And it's like, that's the, it's like, how much more can I do of it? You know, that's when you know, you really like something. It's not like, Oh God, I have to do this because it's going to keep me fit. No, <laughs> it's because I really love doing this. Yeah. It's, and you know, martial arts are a very good example because martial arts are a way of life. They're not an activity. Mm-hmm. Yoga is really a way of life, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's it's a really way of framing things. Amazing. So you want to see that. So that's the next thing. And for me, I can say for myself, which I've learned that uh, the next letter, the third letter, regret, having no regret, that regret by not doing it. I believe, you know, maybe some people say, yeah, but that's very egotistical. Maybe it is, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but I believe that I would regret if I didn't share what I have in the wonder technique. So huh. I've kept going for a long time when there's been plenty of times when I've earned no money from doing the wonder technique by just sharing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, volunteering my time because I believe it's it's worthwhile. And I'm I'm listening all the time to people's response to what I'm doing mm-hmm. to see if it has value. And I'd like to reach the point in time where I don't have to do it anymore, which means that I've actually helped enough people get the fundamentals of health and wellness in place. So I'll become completely unemployed. That's kind of a, a running story in my mind. <laughs> and um, in the last year, the world has, has gone through and it's still going through uh, without date stamping where we are in time here with the <laughs> pandemic and that I've realized that there's more of a demand for people to find simpler answers because complexity is really taking its toll on people. I completely yeah. agree. That is really powerful. Yeah. So do you want to keep going with the purpose acronym or should we continue diving deeper? Cause I have questions for everything you've just said. Okay. Well, you know what? We, we can stop at that point and it okay. might turn up like one, one last thing I would just, I'll do the last one. The last letter is E purpose, right? No, yeah, that is, is it? It's you're eager to share. 
You know, when okay. you learn about something and you really want to, yeah, I want to share this. I've learned this. This is so exciting. Yeah. That's another way of identifying. Is this something you really like? Like, are you willing yeah. to do it? It's not, I know people say, do what you love and the money will, will flow. That's a business decision. But if you're living your life, you know, sometimes your work that you're doing passion work may be fueled by another source financially, hmm. you know, because a lot of people that do um, creative work in terms of artistic work or musicians, they, they may do great stuff, but there's only a small group of people that actually earn a living from a lot of the industries. Mm-hmm. So you, you want to be sure that, okay, so this is my source of income and I'm doing this because it's funding what I really love to do. And that's still great. Don't yeah. avoid doing what you love to do, but there might be a different pathway that helps fuel it. Hmm. That was actually one of my questions because you mentioned jujitsu and yoga, and yeah. that is one of my current main questions because I don't know if that's what I want to do as a career, but I know mm-hmm. it's a main a main hobby and something I love in my, it's a lifestyle that I love to keep in my life for the rest of my life. Right. And so when someone comes to you and they say, hey, I work in sales but I'm really grappling with gardening. I love to garden. I think that's my purpose. How do you, how do you discern whether they should throw their old career out of the way or how they should live their life in terms of their career and living their purpose? Well, in fact, I wouldn't tell them to throw their, their career out of the way <laughs> because in fact, I know people, you mentioned gardening that are involved, for example, they work a lot in real estate and their way of managing their life and their stress is their garden. And their garden is like blossoming, beautiful, and they disappear into that experience, probably like when you do yoga. Mm -hmm. And this takes them into a different part of who they are. And it enriches the other environment that they're involved in. So it may be that somebody is in sales and it may not be no need for them to end that career. Like a lot of people say, I finished with the corporate world, but you know what? The corporate world can be very good because you know what? Everything is a corporate world in a sense, you know, that's just a structure. It's an entity. It's a legal term. And I worked in companies uh, before where people said, I don't like work corporations. And I said, you work on a corporation. What are you talking about? Like, you know, I worked in in Whole Foods in Canada and the Whole Foods is one of the biggest organic food grocers. And people say, I don't like corporations. I said, well, we're working on one. And they're like, they kind of get caught because they... (laughs) It's different types of corporations, right? Different businesses and whether people agree with the principles behind the business. I think that's what you need to look at. But somebody who's working in, for example, in real estate, to use that example again, Mm -hmm. this one particular friend I'm thinking of, they really have made a massive difference in that industry because as a woman, they have pivoted in many a man's mind because before they got into the industry, it was mainly a male-dominated industry. And even in the teaching area and the area where they have um, like the, shall we say, the the board of directors, this person became the president in charge of 9,000 different people. And she was the first ever female president. And that actually tweaked the mind of people to say, you know, we were wrong all this time. This is, she's great. You know, I mean, I, yeah. I can't get into that because I don't get that. I don't get why people separate between men and women. It's like, you know, yeah. just everybody has something to contribute to this world. Mm-hmm. So, and when she told me about this, I was like, yeah, it seems obvious, but no, it wasn't obvious in that world. But she changed that world by staying and bringing her positive energy that she nourishes by doing gardening. 
I like that. So you your use your purpose to nourish, yeah. nourish what you do. Even if it's not your main career, you can use your purpose to make your career better and make you, make you feel more whole in your role. Exactly. Exactly. So for me, the wonder technique has been around me for 20 years and with me and obsessing me, but I haven't always worked full time doing the wonder technique because I went through the transition of some years. You know, I moved to France and then I, I mean, I didn't speak any French. So I had to, you know, when my children were young, I was like, okay, well, how am I going to earn money doing what I do when I don't speak the language? Yeah. And so, and that being, you know, 11 years ago now, technology was a little different than it is now zooming wasn't so popular i was not aware of podcasts i wasn't doing any sort of that work and so i had to kind of find work in different ways but so but it was always with me it's like a, a good friend so your yoga can be your good friend people can have mm -hmm. those things and maybe it can blossom into a source of income but having a, a purpose that is a source of income, it needs to be a couple of things that I've learned. A, it needs to be something that people want. Mm -hmm. Okay. B, it needs to be something that people are willing to pay for. And C, it's the timing has to be right mm -hmm. for them. So you may have something that people want, but they're not willing to pay for. Like most people, there's a lot of social media out there. They would never pay for it. They use it, but mm -hmm. they would never pay for it. So therefore, there's other systems that the social media systems use to gather money, because if people said, and I won't use it, an example of a, a certain email account, if you said they have to pay for it every time you do it, would you pay? Probably not. You'd use this, another service that was free, right? So, mm -hmm. so, so they have to use different alternative approaches. So for us as individuals, you might find, yes, I've got something that's really important and people are willing to pay for it, but they may pay, not pay for it initially. Mm-hmm. They may over time. And if you're in the long game, I'm in the long game in all parts of my life. So uh, doing the best I can be as a dad, doing my best I can be in relationships, doing the best I can do in my work. It's like, I'm going to go for the long game. And if, if that doesn't work out, at least I've been going for the long game. I'm not into the short-term result. I'm not trying to, mm -hmm. as we talked about before, just get the algorithm to like me. I want to do what I can do, but long-term. So I have no regret that I'm going to continue doing this. I like that a lot. Let's talk about the long game because I'm only 21 and okay. or I'm only 20 right now. Yes. But um, I know a lot of people my age look for short term answers. They look for the short like positives in their life, whether it's, oh, I need to get an A on this test instead of, oh, I need to find a career choice that's fulfilling. I need to look for my purpose. I'm in it for the long haul. Can you decipher how we should be looking for this even at a young age? There's huge questions to decide as a young age. Okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would say the first thing I would say is give it time a little bit because we are a little bit too much trying to get the answers too quickly. You know, um, let's take it into the, you're talking about career, but career is like relationships when we kind of want to know, is this the right person or should I flip to the next one? We, we need to be able to be willing to say, am I going to invest time in whatever it is in my life to find out like, you invested time in your yoga course, right? Your, your training in that. You may have found at the end, ah, you know what? I like yoga, but I don't really want to continue. But you invested the time. So I don't think there's anything wrong with, and this is David opinion here, underline, going <laughs> to university to see, do I like that, what I want to learn about? Is it the environment I want to learn in? Or could I learn it in a different way? So if somebody goes to university for six months, a year or two years and decides, this is not really the way I want to learn, nor do they have what I want to learn about. This is not a loss. This was an investment of your time. 
It's not a failure. I don't like the use of the failure word. It's an experience. What have I gained from it? If you're in a relationship and you really love the person, but for some reason it doesn't work out, you have to say, what has this relationship brought to me and value what it has because you're going to bring that to the next experience. Mm -hmm. So in, in other words, it's not a case of, oh, it's the end of my life. It's like, okay, if you can't, if things cannot be figured out, there's a reason behind it that you can't control. I mean, there's no control in relationships over other people. That's the worst thing you want to do. Mm -hmm. But sometimes relationships end, friendships end, all kinds of different relationships, business relationships end. And when we try to make them into something that they're not, that's where we get into problems. So when you're looking for your purpose as a, as a young person or a person of any age, because there's people every age that kind of figure out what it is, you have to look at your experiences. This is, once again, David opinion here. <laughs> uh, this is what I do. And, and say, you know, what is it I really enjoy? And what can I get away from? This is a little bit the second part, avoidance. We, we talk about pact, right? Is avoid um, anxiety as a motive. Okay, that's A for avoid. Wait, I need to do this because I'm a certain age and I think I need to A, get married, B, have a job, C, buy a house, all those things, start making investments. But you, if this anxiety is your motivation, you need to step back and say, hang on a second, no, because you're not playing the long game. You're thinking you're, you're in a, a poverty state of mind, like a fear that's mm. very dangerous. You, you want to kind of say, okay, in this particular experience, how do I feel about it? And then work with it, like live the experience. And the next thing is to uh, vocal and sincere support. It's a long phrase. It's the second one. D to not pay attention to other people who really don't have an opinion um, that you really value. Because when you're taking opinions to decide on what's your purpose, because it's really good to ask your friends, people that are close to you, to say, you know, I, I really am thinking about all these different things. They can be very honest with you and tell them, be really honest. Like, what am I really good at? And mm -hmm. they might say, well, you're really good at X, Y, Z, right? Fill in the blank. And, but you'll also know that there's some people who will give you opinions on just about anything. This is a kind of an old tale, but they really have no experience in what they're giving you opinions on. Like, you don't want to ask your, your friend who's bankrupt all the time financial advice, but people do that, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, they'll go on social media and they, they learn about X, Y, Z for somebody who really hasn't done what they're saying they're doing. You have to, you have to step back and say, where is the proof? Can I, okay, I like that information. Is it real? Okay, people want to check up on me. Like people say, okay, David, he has this experience. Let me double check on him. Did he really have a rock climbing fall? Yes. Was I really into accent? Yes. Did I move to run? But check, am I telling the truth? Because yeah. I, you know what, I had the experience once and I was really shocked. I met a, a speaker in Vancouver, Canada, and he had this whole story about how he was homeless mm -hmm. and he changed into a multi-million dollar business. And I'm actually cringing when I think about this because I found out later it was not a true story. He made it up. There was a there was an Australian blogger too, a lady who pretended she had diagnosed with cancer and she got a book deal and everything. It was not true. Her friends finally called her out on this. They said, listen, you can't be doing this. So you need to look at where you're getting your sources from and you know, validate it and say, okay, is this really true or am I just following some sort of person that is suggesting something? So the next one, is outside trends. And we live in a world where there's so many things that are trendy. Yoga is very trendy, <laughs> right? We know this, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's really good for people, but it's also people may say, 
I should be doing yoga. And I remember this when I was in Vancouver, uh, because I lived in Canada before I lived in France and before I was in Ireland, was I remember somebody once saying to me, not everybody that's wearing Lululemon outfits does yoga because Lululemon is yeah. like a company that makes, they're very, you know, high quality <laughs> clothing, but people wore it because it was a fashion statement and, and it was something, but they didn't all do yoga. So yeah. there's, there's trends in society and you have to separate it is, is yoga really what I want to do? Is jujitsu really what I want to do? For myself, I did Aikido. Like, is it something mm -hmm. I really wanted to do? You know, uh, for example, for me, I rock climb. But nobody told me ever to go rock climb. It was something that came from inside of me, and I love doing it. And it's you you have to find where your inner motivation is. And that's like, you know, if you were on an island, there's a like on a desert island, what would you be doing if nobody was watching you? Like, what do you enjoy? Like, what is, this is really a question to ask you, right? I like that question. That's a good one. I'm gonna start asking that. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. In fact, you know, there's an old, very old, it's way before my time. I think it was on the British Broadcasting Corporation. They had a Desert Island Discs show and where they'd ask people, what records would you bring? You can imagine discs, so it's yeah. records, an old show when you go to it. And then they would, they would talk to the person about their life and then they would play some of the music. And I don't know if I made this up or someone else made this up, probably somebody else, uh, is the idea like, you know, at home, I have certain books that are my keepers, books I will reread again and again. So if I was ever stuck in a desert island, these are the books that I would want. You know, mm -hmm. people would have. So there's certain things that we cherish and the rest is kind of cluttered. You know, yeah. somebody recommends you should read this book, but sometimes you pick up the book that someone recommends and you go, you start reading and go, it's not for me, right? Mm -hmm. But that's okay. Right. You just, you just, you want to figure out what's really important to you and what's really important to you, Cara, the same as for everybody listening is not going to be the same as somebody else because we're all different. That is so powerful. Wow. What's the D? Okay. The D <laughs> is, is, is distractions. Okay. Distractions for your, from your, your real purpose. And we talked a little bit about that already, which when we mm -hmm. talk, you, people can say, David doesn't like social media. No, I'm, yeah. I, when I'm talking about social media, but things that are outside of you, where you're getting, nowadays we're getting so bombarded more and more mm -hmm. and more from information and trying to figure out what's real and what isn't real. So it's against critical thinking. So you, when you want to make sure that you're on purpose in your own life, you need to don't use anxiety as I mentioned, as, as a way of, oh, I have to do this. You want to make sure that you're you're taking the right support. So avoid people that are just giving you opinions that are really aren't valid and they're not supporting you. You want to look at the outside trends. You want to take influence from family and friends who, in a sense, they know you. Like, listen to what they're saying. I wouldn't say influence because it's like influence has that kind of manipulation approach. But like, they know yeah. you and to say, hey, they can identify where you're at. You know, I get feedback from people I know that, that they enjoy my work and that's good because then I go, it's resonating. And then the D is distraction to make sure that you're, you're paying attention to what's going on outside of you. And it's not pushing you off your purpose into a kind of a momentarily, not long-term decision. Yeah. That is so powerful. I think let's pivot a little bit because you talk a lot about finding clarity and spending time doing what you love first with your dreams, doing things that you enjoy, things you do on a desert island, but also spending time with the people you love who can yes. kind of guide you into what you should do for your life and what they know best for you. 
not as of influence, but as of them knowing you as an authentic being. So let's talk about a few things that we both share and we both love to do, which is travel and hiking. But can you talk about how these different, these different activities can bring us closer to what we love to do and what our purpose is? You ask such great questions and you're (laughs) such a great listener and you give me an opportunity to share so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, If I can focus on, for example, the rock climbing, like something I really enjoy. Okay. And this, I, I didn't take up um, when I was your age, I was old, much older. And then of course I had, uh, I started up taking it and I, and then I had a fall and injury and then I couldn't walk and a lot of story that's past history. But now what it does for me in my life is it really enables me to get an enormous sense of focus. Now it may seem so obvious, but it really is because I mean, when I'm up on a rock face and I'm doing what they call in English, um, uh, opening a route where you're 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 above where the last pin is the best way to describe it so you've mm-hmm. got to climb with your hands and feet keep calm get to the next level and then make your way up and i know that um i have to use my mind very strongly to keep on track so i'm using i'm focusing my mind and my body and what that allows me to do by having those, that experience in my life which is you know, maybe for you, it's like yoga and other people have different experiences. It makes me completely separate myself from the rest of my life. Hmm. And it allows me to, to really hone that skill. And when you, of concentration, because I had it on the weekend, I was out on, on Sunday. And for those people listening, I mean, I'm, I'm young in the, in the area of rock climbing, but the route I was doing is what's graded as a 6A. So it's, it's pretty, pretty intense. Okay. I, I, for me anyway. And I'm like, I, I, and there's points where I'm like, if you, if people are watching, like, I feel like I'm literally like flat on the rock and I'm, look, <laughs> I'm, I, and I'm like, you, you really do. If I, if my mind drifted at all into you're going to fall, I probably would fall. Okay. Because you, your mind, your body follows your mind, you know? Uh, and, and so I'm like, no, I keep my concentration. Now I've practiced and I've been rock climbing about um, just over a year or so now, but I, I'm quite regular and I'm honing my mind in the control of my focus. So this is why when anybody picks anything in their life, if there's something they can do that can help them train focus, because we have a great tendency to have our minds floating all over the place. And this definitely is one thing I can do. I, when I was, I did a, my first marathon, I wasn't really that focused when I was training. I was focused in the training, but what, when you're running, my mind could be all over the place. I can't do that in rock climbing. I can't be thinking about relationships. If somebody calls out to me, David, you know, check that, go that way. I'm like, no, I don't even want to listen because I can't. This is actually something important for me um, when I'm climbing is that if somebody else down below is giving me direction all the time, I'll never learn how to climb. That's my framework. Wow. So all the time in my life, I think it kind of reflects some personal development. If all the time you're looking for people to say, what decisions should I make? What should I do? What career should I check out? You're not giving yourself a chance to make a mistake, which is really just make an experience and learn what works. Wow. So if I do fall, it's my mistake. I have fallen rock climbing, but, but the point is, is that um, it, recently I fell and, that's, and I learned from the experience. It was too cold. My body was too cold and I couldn't keep the grip, mm-hmm. literally. And I, I lost the grip. My, 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 literally, it was that cold. So um, my error, but I learned from it. 
-hmm. So, so you, you want to know, can you learn from the experience? If somebody said it's too cold for you to climb today and I went, okay, I'm not going to go climbing. I would never have learned that experience. Now I learned yeah. something that was really, really important for me to know from a personal mm -hmm. experience. So yeah, you, so you can pick up things from your own experience. You've made me think about this here live is that <laughs> um, in the rock climbing, that's my approach is I want to figure yeah. it out on my own. And if I get stuck, I will ask for help. Mm -hmm. And that's what I always say to people I climb with. If I ask for help, I, I really need it. But if I don't ask for help, there's no need to, to guide me. And I appreciate your wow. thoughts, but I don't, I don't need it. And you know what? That's being an, a, a lesson that I've had to learn in relationships where if somebody says they need help, this is, can you help me? This is when you want to help them. But if somebody doesn't need help and you can see they're struggling with something, you say, I'll do that for you. This is not good. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's good yeah, advice. Yeah, and and I mean, I, I think this is really important. Um, I'll go out on a limb here and say, for men to understand about women is that if you, she doesn't, the lady doesn't ask for help, you don't try and do it because <laughs> you know sometimes guys will just jump in and will help. And we think we're gonna, but you know what? You don't want to do that. That's a yeah. mistake. <laughs> and as a woman, you, do you know what I mean here? Yeah, even with like how you're feeling, like sometimes yeah. you just. And I've been dating my boyfriend for two and a half years. And okay. so sometimes I'll still vent and he'll be like, oh, it's simple. You just need to talk to this person. And I'm like, no, I didn't want answers. I just wanted yes. to tell you about it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I've made that same mistake with women where I like, oh, okay, sh shut up, David. Right. You know, <laughs> I learned that lesson. And yeah. yeah, so we, this is one, a lesson in life where we need to understand when, unless you ask for help you know what you're not obliged to take it you can listen if you want yeah. like and as you mentioned there with your boyfriend you you know he listens to you which is great but then <laughs> if he if he follows the path and starts saying well you should do xyz and it's like no that's not what i wanted no <laughs> so yeah, yeah yeah that is very interesting i like that and i like how much of an impact outside influence has on your purpose and just doing what you love because you, you can be receptive, but also you need to find clarity within. And with rock mm -hmm. climbing, that's how you find your clarity. Do you mind telling me how that happens with travel? Because I know you've traveled all over the place. Do yeah. you look for that same clarity? Like, how do you interact with different cultures and learn from your own perspective? I My experience as being when, for example, when I was in Pakistan was to, to do my best to actually peel back the onion is the phrase is like, go in there to experience what life is really like and not use any sort of information I've had before I've got there. Mm. Okay. I like that. So, so that's, and, and what I like to do, Cara, uh, is look at this holistically. This is what the wonder technique is all about. When you see that in travel, when you travel and as I say, you know what, I'm not perfect. I'm always learning, but I want to enter into a culture and say, okay, let me live in that experience and understand better where people are coming from. So that difference, the same as you, we just, you just mentioned with your boyfriend, we, you know, when you change relationships and up a new relationship, if you bring the baggage from the prior relationship into the first one, thinking that yeah. the next one saying, this is the way that person is going to behave because the other one, 
history. You're wrong. Bad news. I can see you shaking your head. Like this is like not the thing to do. And if you go into a new work environment as well, too, if you start bringing all the old history in, they're probably going to say, no, that's not the way we do it here. Okay. Or, you know, if you're, you're trying to figure out how do I do my podcast? Oh, I should copy someone else. No, you need to do it your own way. Yeah, you're shaking your head again. It's just great. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's all about finding your pathway by not taking the, st- you can learn from it, but not use it as your foundation for the next step. I like so that's that. kind of like that me and I thing I mentioned earlier from the very wise Pananjurubi. I think it was Pananjurubi was the name of my, my professor. Okay. He, he said, yeah, and this is a long time. It was 20 plus years ago that I took a course with him, but you can see it had an impact. The yeah. framework of how we, we have ideas we're willing to release them. We're willing to reevaluate them. And then we move forward. Mm-hmm. So, and to me, that's actually a hard state of mind to live in. Um, but it's a good state of mind to live in. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, you know, does it, there is a vulnerability to that where you're willing to say, okay, I'm wrong. I've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I apologized. I wrote a little, I, I wrote, no, I didn't wrote. I did a little video because I have a little YouTube channel and it was about how to reset happiness. Mm. And, you know, because I'm not following the algorithm, I think maybe five people have watched the video, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the point is, is that, yeah, uh, the, the whole idea of resetting happiness in a relationship. And I said, how, yeah. one of the ways I've often thought about this was, how can I reset happiness in a relationship? And one way I can do this, if I get into a disagreement with somebody, is simply to apologize, to accept my responsibility. Uh. This doesn't mean that you're totally at fault. Maybe you are. Maybe I am. But just say, you know what? Sorry, I, I think I said the wrong thing here. And just resetting the happiness, the potential for the happiness in that relationship. That's really, that is so important. Just thinking about that and how you can constantly be thinking about and reevaluating, like you said, what you should be doing and what what you can do to create better relationships and to better create your purpose. I think that that's incredible. Yeah. And, and with a balance of not being too self-critical, because some people can be too critical. I mean, mm-hmm. I want to make sure people understand that, but just, I think we know when we made mistakes, when we said the wrong thing. And this is why I, I, I know it's hard nowadays when a lot of people, they share things by text and that, and it's, there's yeah. no tone, no context. It's not easy to decipher. So Face-to-face is easiest. We've got all the visual cues. Mm-hmm. Podcasts through Zoom like we're doing right now is so much easier because I can see you nodding your head or shaking your head, but if it was just yeah. audio, I wouldn't know. So there's, there's all those cues. And as humans, you know, this is all pre this before we were verbal we were able to do this so yeah. we, you know and i'm gesturing away as i talk to you so <laughs> there's all that kind of stuff going on but then if we just make something a text message yeah does it really it doesn't you know i crave always conversation because if in the middle of a sentence i blunder and put my foot in my mouth which i do <laughs> i can say you know that's not exactly what i meant the same in email yeah I've made blunders and emails uh, recently and I'm like, and then I can't untangle it. And I'm like, geez, I, oh, Dave, oh, how do I fix that? I, I don't really, I don't, there's only ways like I've got to go back. I, I want a conversation to be able to say, you know what? I don't think I was clear at all. This is not what I was saying. Like, mm-hmm. this is not what I intended to say. So, but that's that, that's that wanting to reset happiness. And that's yeah. coming from the desire to bring more, shall we say, love to the table and be willing to be, vulnerable 
you know, some people talk about, you know, being authentic, but being yourself, being mm-hmm. aware that we make mistakes, we're in a constant state of evolution. When you're mm-hmm. looking for your purpose to, to, to steer back to that, our focus here is that, you know what, you may find out that, for example, you work on something for 10 years of your life, you love it, you, you, you're passionate about it, and then you lose the interest in it. And that's yeah. okay. And that even happens in relationships. There's a change. People grow apart. And that's really hard for us to understand as human beings because we sometimes vision into the future what's supposed to happen. But it's the recognition that, you know, you don't know the great things that are about to happen. And if you hold on to that job, that friendship, that relationship, you're actually blocking something else from happening. When you're obsessed with the control of any part of your life, you lose out on other things. You know, uh, as a dad, I know my errors have been when I'm trying to control the behavior of my children. Like, you should do this. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the transactional analysis thing we talked about. Like the parenting thing. I don't yeah. even know if I got it from my parents. It was like, <laughs> I probably, you know, I just picked it up. Oh, you should do it. Well, you know what, David, are you sure? Really, that is actually the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, hmm, maybe uh, not. And my children are really good because they, they call me on this stuff. Like, they're like, that's, that, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, ah, oh, you're, you're actually right. When I actually take the time, you know, it's not like I'm always wrong, but, yeah. but it's like, I have to be willing to take input from other people and to take the risk involved. Gosh, you're really good at getting me to open up here. This is like, <laughs> Thank this is, you. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrifying myself here because I'm so open. So, okay. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Okay. I have a few more questions. Yes. I actually have a question from one of our email correspondents, but I noticed that you are very good at setting boundaries for the weekends and yes. you, you didn't want to schedule an interview on the weekend. Can you talk yes. about the importance of setting boundaries for yourself and your own ability to like be with your loved ones or do, do what you love in in accordance with your career or what you do over the week? Can I say how important it is? I I can just scream how important (laughs) it is because I use the analogy. We might've talked about it before in the first event where music, there's space between the notes, which is the silence. And we need to have that moment to pause, to be able to separate. Mm -hmm. And in, in our lives, we call it the weekend. It could be any time of the week, but there's a reset. There's a a re-energizing moment. During the day, it could be your yoga. It could be a person's meditation. It could be a walk in nature. It, it just multiple ways. But I, yes, I, I, you know what? The interesting thing. One time, I agreed to do a podcast on the weekend. The podcast host, she, she just was the only time, and she was just starting out. And then actually, she recorded it, and then she lost the file, and then, <gasps> and then she stopped being a podcast host. So it never actually happened. So now I know that well, obviously there was a reason I should never, never, never gone that way. But I, I made one exception. I realized it wasn't good because I like it. It actually it was like against the dynamic of my. I learned a lesson because yeah. I like to prize the weekend for to be available to be with my children if they want to be with me. <laughs> to be available with my friends if they want to be with me or do things on my own and stuff like that so so that's yeah my the wonder technique is i carry it as part of me but yeah. i don't do any um, podcasts i don't do any work related to that on the weekend 
I like that. I noticed that and I was actually kind of jealous because that's like when I have all my homework building up. And so mm. I need to email my professors and be like, no, sorry, the weekend is my reset time. I can't I can't do a quiz on Sunday. Sorry. <laughs> and it would be great if they do accept that because they need to understand that, yeah. that, you know what, we need time because if you don't pause, no matter how good yeah. you're on, like if somebody is a painter, and they paint all the time, you know, they're probably going to get blisters on their fingers. Like you need to take the time. I mean, I enjoy it. We mentioned rock climbing, do yoga. You probably would burn up if you do too much. There's a too much of a good thing. And in back to relationships again, back to work. If you work all yeah. the time, I, I know some people and they say, you know, since uh, they've been working from home, they're working like 10 hour days instead of working seven hour days. I'm like, in my head, I'm going, why? Their yeah. work, there's a law, Parkinson's law, which says that work expands to the time allotted. So if you have three weeks to do a project for school, you'll take the three weeks. I got lots of time. I mean, I can give you an example here from my own life. When I was going through university, I always worked, Cara, at, at either weekends or in the evenings. Mm -hmm. And then one semester, I got a bursary, like a scholarship. So I didn't mm -hmm. have to work. And I took so much time to do my schoolwork. It was crazy. Like my, my, I, I took longer to do stuff. I was, yeah. I lacked the focus. So it actually having the responsibility to do other stuff, which was the work outside that I was doing to earn money to pay for my schooling actually yeah. helped me become more efficient. So the side on the weekend here, if I'm like, Hey, no, I'm not available to do the wonder technique um, on the weekend. I respect the space that I have with friends and the time that I have with them. I can make plans ahead. I don't have to break those, but and, and there's a boundary. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really, really important throughout our lives to have that boundary because it helps us reset, refresh, and keep going. And I mean, now here it's um, eight o'clock in the evening where I am in France. But when, if you allow yourself to have that kind of balance, it allows you to keep your energy going. I think in a different way because, yeah. you know, I, I started work early today. I was, what time did I was, I was awake at uh, six 30. So it's like, you know, but the energy is still there. Yeah. Uh, I and I reset on the weekend. Like I was, I was, that's the thing. And it's today is Monday. Right. So, so that <laughs> helps a lot. Yeah. I love it. I That's hope I answered your so question. Good. I mean, I, big, I give big answers. That must be, but it's like, it's, it is really, it's about the framework. It's about boundaries. And I, I think that's yeah. really hard when you're a student is because you know, you've got classes during the day, but I do know students that manage to do everything during the week. Yeah. And they, and, and they get things done and they get great grades and they don't allow themselves to do other stuff on the weekend. And they don't even, have, they don't have a, a job like working to earn money, but they, they, yeah. they say to themselves, I'm not going to allow myself to do that. So they're actually creating it. Like, here's one last mm -hmm. thing that comes to mind. Um, I mean, you got me thinking a lot on this, in this about purpose and, and life, but about relationships, people, you know, they, if you're a single person, you're thinking, you know what, I'd love to, to meet somebody and you have this vision in your mind and that, but if you don't have the space in your life, like you're working seven days a week and you've got, you're working 10 hours a day, you get home. There's no space so that if that person shows up in your life, you ain't going to have the time for them. Mm -hmm. You need to create the space for that to happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. That Even before, really now, this is before it happens. Yeah. Wow. So there's a willingness to let that happen. And that would be a space that's just there. It's like you're mm -hmm. you're open to the opportunity. 
So that downtime on the weekend can be a time then that you will spend with somebody new that you have yet to meet. But if you have no space in the time, it's just never going to be there. I like that. That is such a common theme, like opening up the space to think about yourself and think about what you want internally without any influence and also opening up the space to the people you love and the people who you want to bring into your life. Yeah. That is so good. Yeah. Oh my god. Thank gosh. you for, for, for listening. And when we yeah. talk about purpose, if you're developing a business, something your purpose that's based is a business you're creating mm-hmm. and you work a full-time job. But if that full-time job is from, you know, eight in the morning till eight in the evening, you have no space to work on the other project you have. You may not have the mental energy. So you need to say, okay, well, let me compress that down. So I work say seven, eight hours a day. But after that, that's the time where I can invest elsewhere. And that can be available for my purpose. It can be available for just talking to friends. It can be available. And there's no just there talking to friends. Friends are really important. So yeah. your relationships. So you have that time, you know, to nourish the relationship, to have the time, like, you know, when you sit down with your boyfriend, to have the time for him to be available and listen to you which is really important Mm -hmm. because if he's still working, he ain't going to be available. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I have two more questions. We're running a little bit late on time, but my they're, they're short. Don't worry. No, no. I'm (laughs) I'm, I'm the one who said, sorry, because I talk a lot, right? No, I love it. It's amazing. And I think your advice is universal and it can help anyone find discovering their purpose, whether they're just turning 21 or whether they're turning 70. Like anyone can use these skills and use your technique to grow and become better human beings. So, so powerful. But my two questions, I'm kind of making, not making fun of you, but I'm kind of playing with you a little bit. So if you were on a desert island, what would you do? That's a great question. (laughs) Ah, yes. Well, I I would have a certain amount of books that I would read, but I wouldn't read all the time. Um, That's for sure. I, you know what, I probably start climbing everything that's on the island. I know that because I love to climb until I find, well, okay, I climbed <laughs> everything here. Now what? But I still probably go back and do it for a little bit. Um, it would depend if I was alone or not. Like if I'm totally, you're saying alone, sitting on a desert island. Yeah. Hmm. Now that's a really interesting question because I'm not a person, even though I'm quite introverted, I like being around people. So I'm pretty sure I would be mapping out a way to, to get to where there's other people. <laughs> yeah, I would find a way off. Whether <laughs> I, I, I think I, would, I wouldn't resolve myself to being permanently on an island because to me, life is much, much richer when you're around other people. This is what makes us evolve. So I've kind I of indirectly answered your question. So yeah, <laughs> I would have certain things with me. You know, if I was like, okay, you're going there for, depends if it was permanent. Like you're saying, you're going to a desert island, you're there for 10 years, five years, a month, like, framing it but if you said you're going there and your only way off is if you find your way off well that's a different story for me <laughs> so, and I'm I, I love being creative so I would be thinking about okay I can take those trees down I can make a raft I can take a plastic <laughs> bag add air inside so I can inflate it you know I'm not w- working out survival techniques you know what can I use to cut things you know and, and trying to map all of that out that would be an adventure for me too I wouldn't see it as a negative thing I would see it as kind of like how can I figure this out so yeah Interesting. Have you ever read the books with Family Robinson? No, I haven't. I know of it, but I haven't read it. That that was like my childhood. Like they built this entire like house on an island and they just lived mm. as a happy family on an island. And I thought mm-hmm. that was the coolest thing as a child. So funny. That's pretty cool. But you're with other people. It's not like you're on our own, right? Because as humans, yeah. we need the social interaction. 
This is what it's all about. Yeah. I, you know, as much as people say, I'd love to, you know, be on my own and meditate and stay in a mountain. I think that that must get to you after a while. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like with people, without people, with people, like just that ebb and flow again. Mm-hmm. I love spending time alone in the nature, but I like being around other people as well. I like that. I couldn't do podcasts all day long. I, I, I know that <laughs> wouldn't be possible. It wouldn't yeah. be something I'd want to do. But it's it's part of the flow. So that's mm-hmm. the space again. It's like the music. It's like the weekends. It's like everything. It's like a mm-hmm. heartbeat. The cycles all through all our lives. Waves, vibration. Science shows it to us. There's there is the up and down. The waves of the ocean. You know the sun sets and rises and all that stuff. So nature. It's normal for us to have space and not the same. You know if it's all in a straight line, actually it's a flat line, right? And that's usually when people are dead. You know, yeah. even though we could be alive, we could be flatlining, meaning that I've just had this idea pop up. So it's like you could be literally if you're doing the same thing all the time. Are you really alive? We're really alive when our heart is beating, mm-hmm. when it's going up and down and it beats faster when we're doing what yeah. we love. That was my um, final theme for my yoga class at my yoga teacher ah. training. It was, um, are you actually living? Or are you simply being on this earth? Mm. So that was, yeah. it's crazy, the connections and the the cycles that we go through. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. But I have one final question. So Please. I already asked you my really tough travel question of where you would not go. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to ask you a different question in relation to my birthday. So what advice would you give to your 20, turning 21 year old self? Oh my gosh. So in the past, I go back, what would I give myself? actually relax more into life because I really was trying to control everything at that age. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I can't pinpoint exactly, but I know that I was not willing, like everything I wanted to make sure it all worked and everything like not good. Well, I would say not good. And I'm very different from that now. Like if I was in a relationship, then it would be like, this is, if it ends, it's the end of the world. Yeah. If the job ends, it's the end of the world. If I don't do the right thing, I have to figure it out. I've got to do everything right now. And that wasn't a fear of mortality. It was just too intense. <laughs> and we need to relax a little bit into life so that we, we have that space. People probably think, I, I'm, I'm hoping I, I practice the wisdom that I'm sharing because <laughs> yeah. I've learned from a lot of people over the years. And this is where I am right now, but it's really, I recognize, yes, uh, I, I don't regret the things that I did when I was 21, but I recognize the difference between who I am now and who I am then. And this goes back to actually, again, I'm on relationship team here where, you know what, if the person that you're with right now, like you mentioned, you're with your boyfriend right now, if you met him two and a half years ago, right? You said yeah. two and a half years ago. Okay. And if, for example, if he'd met you 10 years, well, not 10 years before, because you're 21, <laughs> but five years before, you were probably not the same person. And he was not the same person. And you may not have liked him at all if you'd met him five years ago before that, right? <laughs> like, just kind of imagine that kind of stuff. So it's like we're in preparation in our life to be who we are. And, 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 and people like, you know, yeah, you're right. I, you, I'm not the same person now as I was then. Mm-hmm. So we evolve over time. We change. That makes us richer in terms of what we have to offer the world, I believe. So I'm, I'm a work in progress. You know? <laughs> we all are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the magic. 
I love it. That's incredible. Well, I just want to thank you so much for coming on to the show for a second time. I'm so grateful for everything you've had to say. Your work really is changing lives. I mean, even my listeners are so inspired and empowered by your story and by everything you teach through the wonder technique. So thank you so much for being on the show again. I'm yeah, this was incredible. That was great for me, Kara, too. I really appreciate your energy, your time and the questions that you ask and, and really brings me to just giving whatever I can give and hopefully as much as I can give to the listeners. And I would say to them to remember that uh, if they didn't feel it was enough detail on what I shared, there is the courses, but I also, as you know, I mean, I have, I don't know how many videos on short videos on YouTube that is attached to my website. Mm -hmm. Then I have a newsletter. I have a blog. So there's articles, there's lots of sources and there's the free resources that people get if they join the newsletter where there's the ebook that's 10 steps to health and happiness. There's the mini motivational cards. We talked about that before. Like there's a whole bunch of gifts that I give to people for free. So if people are thinking, well, I, I want to learn more about David's work, there's plenty of opportunity if they go to the wondertechnique.com to just kind of dive in and see if it resonates for them because maybe it won't, maybe it will. Yeah. I will include all of the links to that on the, in the show notes and just everything you have to offer once again, but thank, thank you, you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. As thank always. You. Thanks very much, Car. That was my interview with David Hennessy. This was the second time we had the chance to speak. And if you have not checked out our first interview, I encourage you to do so. This is also in season three of Going Places. This was a special episode because we did this during my 21st birthday and everything he said really resonated with me because I'm still on a journey to finding what I want to do in life, what I want to do in my career. So I really hope this interview resonated with you as well. If it did, please feel free to reach out to me on social media. I'm around. You can just search me in pretty much every social media platform. Thank you so much for listening. Please feel free to re leave a review as well. I really appreciate everyone who gives me feedback for what I'm doing. This is really my passion, so I really enjoy it. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I can't wait to see where you go. Goodbye. <laughs>